Hi, I'm Eamon Murphy and welcome to the Echo Sport Podcast. I'm joined this morning by Dennis Hurley and Barry O'Manny. We'll be looking through all the talking points in Cork GA, which of course means we can only start in one place, one big giant place with a 30 million debt hanging around it, Parky Cueve. Uh, that's been the, the topic of conversation all week, really. It's, it was enough to get Marty Morrissey coming down the road to, to visit the uh, Cork County Board meeting last Tuesday, Dennis, which was, of course, behind closed co- doors. Yeah, so. we were a bit unlucky with our scheduling last week and that we recorded on uh, Monday morning and we were just talking about the meeting not being allowed into the county board and meeting. Oh my God, it was a big, big high-profile meeting. Monday evening, the news broke that the county board were in negotiations at Super Value about uh, a naming rights deal for the stadium and things just snowballed from there, really. You know, it. I think the reaction probably took everybody by surprise the way it became the national talking point for Yeah, it was the fact it was a national issue that was fascinating to me. Obviously, down here, of course, it was going to be yeah, highly yeah. contentious and, and interesting and intriguing and... Yeah, Cork is always a lightning rod for these things. It, maybe it's a legacy thing, and there's this view of, you know, inverted commas, Cork County Board and the way it's been going. dysfunctional and things going yeah, back to the strikes, I suppose. Like, it was the same with the Sports Direct deal being announced. Um, yeah, there was quite a bit of blowback in that at the time. Yeah, you know, it's no, no past, so, it, you know, I suppose it shows Cork... Cork is a relevant county and it's a big county and it'll always a big be... big brand if you're being yeah, trendy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, it's something like 17 or 18 county grounds have already been um, renamed. renamed under sponsorship deals. The big thing with this was that the original name was going to be gone. Um, like, nobody talks about FBD, Simple Stadium or TUS Gaelic grounds to any great degree. They're still well, no, I mean, if you ask the average average Cork fan say, who've been in those grounds over the last few years, they wouldn't even realise they're called after that, those that, names. That's it. Think, you know. be, because it's a prefix rather than the actual renaming. Yeah. So people still call them by their old names. Pretty much everyone calls Aviva Stadium by its its new name because Lansdowne Road was dropped completely, and that's what Super Value were looking for to get the bang for their buck. It's what the decision makers in Cork County Ward were probably reluctantly willing to go along with because it meant more money for them. But I don't know if they properly thought Cautious, through yeah. the the ramifications. I suppose the difference with Lansdowne Road was I suppose you know we ended up with rugby and soccer and Croke Park as a consequence was it was it was, it was closed for. You know, it was significant renovations. It was rebuilt. Yeah. So it was a new that's stadium. True. It, then, it is a different it, stadium, it? yeah. And that's, that's another factor there. as well, yeah. Um, a la the Emirates. Yeah. Which are on our Arsenal. Or, you know, our various grounds in England have, have, have evolved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it became a real emotive thing then. Um, and, you know, I, I think even a lot of delegates in the meeting um, did say that Super Value Park Equipe would be acceptable to most people. But, but no one could have an issue with that. Like, you know, no. You know, like Bar- Barry, if, if, if someone told you you were going to Super Valley Park, you'd be, yeah, you'd be kind of laughing and joking about it after a while. You'd get used to it and you'd say, fine, they're, yeah. they're putting their money up. But like, I suppose calling it Super Value, you know, Park. Yeah, I suppose the way it was handled, maybe it was, uh, wasn't handled in the, in, you know, in the best way really last week. Um, and I, look, um, I suppose the fact that know. Tony Lean came out with what was an outstanding kind of scoop, bit of breaking news, fair play, you know, yeah. was, you know, the type of stuff as a journalist you, you dream of. Tony, Tony's very, very experienced, you know, one, one of the best in the business and, you know, he really, you know, he got a massive story there. You know, it was a story Absolutely, that set yeah. the tone for GA for basically the whole week. The All-Ireland Club Finals kind of took over at the weekend. So, you know, the fact also it came on the eve 
of when the media were excluded yeah. from, from the county board meetings and obviously the examiner's coverage of the Cartier is a big part of why the media have been excluded. There's, there's no two ways about it. That, that's, that's part of it. Um, so it all, it all, you know, it really was a perfect storm in terms of intrigue and interest yeah, in off-the-field activity. Like. It absolutely was. Um, and the word is now that the official line that the deal has been paused, I, I would be very surprised if it came back on the table, really, I'd say. Would you? Yeah, I think Supervalue have probably got a bit of free publicity. Already, yeah. um, and I'm not sure they'll be willing to come back, especially now that they've had their bit of market research done for them and Super Value Park won't fly and Super Value Park Cueve would mean a lot less money for the county board they're obviously under pressure from Croke Park to get something to make a dent in this huge debt and then there's the fact that the stadium that has had so much overruns and you know uh, like ended up costing a lot more than we all thought it would the name super value is just the, the ultimate irony really yeah, it really is um I so to, to be fair to the county board i hate uh, like nearly second week in a row no, I, I, i'm trying to defend them they don't need anyone to be defending them they're well, well capable of themselves with kevin donovan but like when you go back and i remember getting a tour of parky Creek when it was we'll say two-thirds done and it was just about to be open and like at the time there like th- there was talk of it being renamed you know they were talking about the different oh, revenue it, streams it was renaming was yeah. on, the, on, on the cards you know as we're, you know trying to sell all the premium seats obviously they didn't go as well as they'd hoped they're now sold but you know, they didn't make the money they, they, had, they had planned to make from it. But it was always going to be... But I suppose we always saw that as an associate sponsor as opposed to it exactly, not being called yeah, Parky There were assurances given in interviews. I can yeah. go back um, and that, that said the Parky Creeve name will be retained. There were also assurances given that the stadium would be debt-free when it opened. I know. There's, I know. Well, there's a, a very big story, I think. Uh, there's probably a book to be written about how things went from yeah. then to now. Um, but it might need a bit of a, a whistleblower to kind yeah. of provide and, and a good legal team I'd say yeah, yeah. Uh, four years ago the debt was I think it was around 33 million and it's just not 30 million now so it hasn't kind of dropped dramatically it's impossible to shift those like, it? uh, I spoke with Niall Callan the former car footballer um, last week and you know that piece will be in this week's um, paper and like he, he, he was saying that, that if, if if Ireland um won the, the World Cup uh, bid there uh, would be um, that we probably wouldn't be talking about the debt today you know and it's those but, but, but I suppose the issue with Parky Grieve and for Cork J is that it's a debt that's so significant it can't be solved by just J matches you know we aren't getting enough of them probably down maybe in All-Ireland quarterfinal or something probably should be staged down, down, yeah. down here and, well, and, and well used off it. but uh, you need concerts you need things like you're saying maybe the World Cup being st- you know, obviously Munster Rugby are playing there now to start the next month um, you know they've well, played there already But last year like Cleo preferred to go to the Gaelic grounds then yeah. come down to Parky Key for the, you know, for the final against Limerick last year kind of set it all yeah which, which which was you know their prerogative you know like it was a bit yeah, pretty well negative mindset like to have like to rather play in your your opponent's home patch yeah, than play in a neutral venue and but again that, that I, I wonder like how much of that is is down to kind of that kind of anti-Cork feeling outside the county um, obviously two two sets of fans coming down the N20 probably wouldn't have been ideal yeah, messy, and then people going about the stadium's accessibility but you know I don't see too many people parking outside Croke Park when they go to the open no, for a match no. either. Um, and look, I, I was up for the weekend at the, the basketball finals. Um, you know, obviously, look, there's no comparison for a smaller crowd. You can get your parking next to the National Basketball Arena. It's in Tallahassee, it's the right side of Dublin, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, it was a full house. Everyone was standing outside queuing on Saturday night to go in, all from the north side or Ballincollig or supporting Demons or Ballincollig. Like, there was 
you know, murmurings here and there saying, oh, geez, wouldn't have been great to play it in Neptune. But it's just, it's played up there. Yeah. And like if a Munster final is going to be played in a neutral venue, like if it was just going to be played in Parky Peeve, that should have been it. There should have been like last year's Munster Hurling final, Cork weren't in it. It's going to be in Parky Peeve, Shin Shin, do you yeah. know? And that should have been the, the end of it. Mm. I think sometimes you just have to, to get a venue and stick to it. Absolutely. I'm not comparing yeah. like to like there was no issue driving back on Saturday night or anything like that, you know, compared to 40,000 people going all up the road towards Clare and Limerick. But, you know, you can stagger, you can stay around for a few hours afterwards, have a bit of grub. You know, you can, there's loads of options. We, yeah. we do it all the time up in Croke Park. We, we've done it for years. Yeah. Even when winning All Ireland, you're still up there regularly. You know, you were up there last year, you know, for the All Ireland quarter final and things against Derry. Like, you know, that wasn't played in a neutral venue. It was just in Croke Park. Yeah, That's where yeah, it's on. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like, the, the date is a millstone um, around the stadium. Croke Park are involved the, trying to ensure that Cork do what they can to get it down. But you look at it, then you take a step back and you look at the actual figures and you compare it to something like the National Children's Hospital and you know, it's, 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 it's only a fraction of that, but National Children's Hospital is something that, you know, touch wood, most people will never have to go to and it's, it's, it's a kind of a nebulous thing away from us all, whereas a GA, a county board and a stadium like that is a lot more emotive and it, it's at the heartstrings and, you know, the clubs make up the county make up the whole national association and it, it is something we saw the reaction it, it's something that matters to people yeah. um and i think i don't think today will be the last day that we're talking about no, Parky Cree or won't. the county board I, I, I think ultimately the only way that all these conversations will be reframed is if cork start winning all earns again and it's i don't mean on the 20 all earns they've yeah. done great they've won those in hurling and football last year they've you know they've won obviously you know the minor hurling and football as well in the last four years they're all fine they're underage titles but if cork are winning top level titles i mean one you're, you're drawing more sponsors and you're a much more attractive brand to use that term again and of course you're going to generate more money that way but also at the moment that's just the focus it's Cork underachieving you know we're heading to we're not far off 20 years now since the, the, the last hurling All-Ireland in 2005 and you know the football is kind of going starting to appear in the rear view mirror as well yeah and that just, that just, it just generates the topic because it's the kind of idea that Cork is a damaged county or underachievers and so on and so forth yeah so. You, you, you draw a parallel maybe with Manchester United People weren't as loud in their criticisms of how the Glazers were running the club when United were winning the league. Yeah. And it's, it's like that. The, what happens on the pitch will uh, dictate the tone of the general conversation. Absolutely. And look, we, we hope that, you know, we win a, just even one all and We'll take one of the two this year, <laughs> not the double. And we're, we're starting, Barry, because the, the football is, is around the corner. <coughs> there was a trophy secured over the weekend. Nice bit of drama, penalty shootout bit of excitement the league is starting this week against Donegal like it is huge for, for Cork's season yeah Cork beat um, Kerry on, on penalties on Saturday in the in the McGrath Cup final 4-3 on, on penalties they finished 1-14 uh, a piece after after normal time uh, you know there was no extra time on the agenda so everyone's straight to penalties and um, you know there's, there's, there's no home there's no homecoming uh, down to South Mall tonight but, <laughs> no, uh, not for the McGrath that's still nice to win it and, you know, it's certainly better than um, losing the, uh, an experimental Kerry team at home would have been a bad defeat I think yeah uh, because Kerry emptied the bench in the, in the second half and, and uh, Cork certainly had a stronger stronger team out in the pitch but look they, they, they won in penalties and you know it's a good preparation for, for Donegal uh, this Sunday and um, you know but again like people have asked me over the last week or two you know uh, you know, how you, fix, like you know how, how how we fix, but um, uh, come back to me Sunday evening. I I, I think we'll have be a litmus test. Y- yeah, it, it will be. You know, go up to Bally Buffet. Uh, the team are, are heading up um, Saturday morning. You know, it's a five-hour journey. I'm heading up myself uh, Saturday afternoon, 
and you know it's huge though it's, 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 it's a massive game you win game. that game your next two games are away to loads and then as you said there's a gap coming yeah. up in your cabin like so I mean because you could lose all three games but I mean if you did beat Donegal you could potentially oh. be in a very strong position to try and chase promotion then it would be huge because the like way the fixtures are falling like if you can remember last year um, Cork won the McGrath Cup and they played at home to, to meet in the first game and you know and they lost and okay they did well after that like they finished uh, fourth in, in the league but like they were playing catch up and you know yeah. after that defeat to well, in terms of getting promoted uh, once they lost to me yeah. when they were in a division with Derry and Dublin so were the favourites you know they have to start well, you know. They have to start I well, and, and you know, if they can beat Donegal on Sunday, it would be it would be absolutely massive. I think I think it's it's kind of, the, I think if you win away to Donegal, it's a great start. But I don't they think can afford losing, to lose it. Probably, I don't yeah, think yeah. losing to Donegal would be a disaster because it's the toughest game. Donegal probably the favourites to go up. You're away. Jim McGuinness is back in as manager. There's huge expectation them. Probably be a big crowd. They'll be going out. It'll be like a championship match. Yeah, exactly. From a Donegal yeah. perspective, so <laughs> it'll be a great test for Cork. But I think the more important one in terms of the overall season would be the one against Loud because yeah. Loud have lost Mickey Hart. They've probably passed their peak as a team. Yeah. You know, they're they're probably not in as strong a shape. And I think Cork win that then and then beat Kevin, even if you've lost it yeah, only goal, points the you have a two one record, yeah. yeah. And you know, you, and it could you be still have four be, more games to play. You'd be trying to get maybe be, get promoted with Donegal, potentially, wouldn't you? Like I you, think, you I you'd think have played them already. I think that's yeah. a scenario that w- wouldn't be out of, um, you know, beyond the bounds possibility at all, yeah. And look, it'll hardly be a classic, I'd say, Barry. <laughs> you're making the trip all the way up there. Or not, yeah. like it's, it'll I, probably be tough stuff I, up I, there. I, but I must do 750 yards in the fort, so uh, hopefully... Every uh, score will be Hopefully it'll be a high-scoring game. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't think it will. I think it'll be a tactical game, really. And, um, yeah, I don't think it'll be... A, <laughs> Well, we certainly want to be competitive. You know, Dennis, if you're saying right, grand, they can lose. Yeah. You, you want it to be there. I, I, I think they will. I think they have a pretty settled kind of core. I know they've experimented in the league at, or in the McGrath Cup, I should say. They have a pretty settled core there now, don't they? Like they have the kind of core 20 that's on the panel. There's another couple of guys around the fringes, like the likes of David Buckley are new to the scene trying to break in. Obviously, living yeah. in Goalie with Mial Martin travelling. So. Yeah, Patrick Doyle will, 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 will more than likely start in goal on, uh, on Sunday. He was very good on. On Saturday against Kerry, he uh, made two great saves, you know, in the game. And then when it came to the the shootout, the penalty shootout, he uh, he scored a penalty and he and he saved one. So um, no, he would have been delighted with, with his performance and um, sets him up nicely for the uh, weekend. Like. Yeah, and and like just great competition, you know, for, for the for the goalkeepers uh, jersey. Like obviously, Mial Martin's away and at the Chris moment, Kelly and, there too is and Chris Kelly is there as well. Like. So um, just great competition there, and you know that, that has to be a, a good thing for you know for John Cleary. Um, you know, and in, in defence, I thought they were quite good um, last Saturday. Today, it's Sean Meehan back. Yeah, and, and, and Luke Fahey as well. Luke Fahey got a great point as well in the second half. Um, Tommy Walsh did well on, on, on Sean O'Shea. Kevin Flahev was quite good. So, you know, another I, guy I, back in I, situ as again, another experienced player that, that and, like, has had his injury problems. And like, well, you know, also missing, I think, I think there's about eight players un- unavailable to, to John Cleary for, for this weekend's game. So uh, you know that happened this time year though, won't it? Yeah, you know, but there's a good few injuries at the moment, like. and um, but you know, test out the squad anyway, and um, I think he'll know. Um, he'll know he, he knows his fifteen, which is which is a good thing. You know, he he's a settled team, as you just said there. So he'll be. I, I think he'll be reasonably happy with how things are going. But I, su- I suppose we will know Sunday evening where we're David at. Buckley is definitely someone that 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 could potentially push on in, even if not as a starter come championship but if he's a good league he'll definitely be in the first kind of 18-20 players he'd won one of the great county final performances of all time for Town 
last winter but beyond that he, he was a very good underage player had injuries but excellent car minor and under 20 and so on so yeah he, he started the first few league games under under Keith Wicken um, two years ago and then he got injured unfortunately um, he's got his chance now again this year he was quite enough in the first McGraw Cup game away to Clare but he played very well the last day against Kerry he um, got five points uh, four frees uh, and, and, and you know the, the four frees he won himself you know, so you know, that was that was a yeah, good sign. That's a difference, isn't it? To yeah. Just knocking over a few um, handy frees or someone else runs like if you're getting fouled, so you're it, getting on the ball. You know, and like Mark Rowan is another player as well in in the forward department that has has done quite well in in, in the McGraw Cup. But um, I'm still feeling guilty he didn't make our Reardon's All Star <laughs> team. He was the one forward when <laughs> we were picking that last winter. But, that but I think just I, missed out. I think we said on more than one occasion he you know, he, he was very unlucky, was not, to, unlucky. Not, not, not to make that fifteen. Uh, so I know I, I think you know as I just said John Cleary will we'll be quite happy with how things are going. They've had a few very good um, challenge games. They played Dublin in a, in, in a challenge game above in Tipperary two weeks ago, and by all accounts I think it ended in a draw. And Dublin were, were quite strong that that evening. So you know I, I, again he'll be he'll be quite happy. But um, I suppose we'll know we'll know Sunday. Evening. And you won't be rushing back. I suppose the the likes of the the Hurleys would you Dennis like you know the mm. the Castlehaven contingent yeah. like they had a long yeah exactly there, you know. yeah I I think. I think the, the the squad that has been in use during the McGrath Cup, you know, will probably be, be there, yeah. th- will be there for the first two matches. Then you have the you break and a chance back, to yeah. integrate guys back in. This year, I think, is about probably a bit of evolution for Cork. Last year, they put the defensive structure in place. Kevin Walsh obviously did great work on that front in making Cork a hard team to score against and a hard team to break down and a hard team to beat. So you, you want to improve that bit and you want to you know, make the attack and try to a bit more menacing then too. Like it's, it's a kind of a, a balancing act basically because yeah. y- you kind of, you're trying to improve both ends of the pitch and it's, it's not easy to do, but they definitely have a strong foundation to work from. Like last year, reaching a semi-final was probably a more impressive showing than getting to, the, uh, sorry, getting to the quarterfinal last year, then getting to the quarterfinal the previous year when the route was probably not as tough Last year they really earned it. They beat Donegal, or sorry, they beat Mayo, they beat Roscommon. And they're huge wins. And then they gave Derry a good game in the quarter final, and Derry gave Kerry a good game in the semi final. You know, so it's the way modern football is now. You can't skip any steps. You have to. You have to go through the suffering. It's like we saw with the club finals at the weekend. The three most recent winners of the senior football were had lost the previous year's final. so you, you just have to you have to earn your stripes in the way it is now it is. You're not going to have a team coming from nowhere. Um, I, I don't know, did you ever have a team coming from nowhere to win another? And really, maybe maybe like Donegal it. in 92 themselves. But Very he, old system. Yeah, then, and even, knockout even and Donegal under McGuinness the first time around, they had to, you know, basically uh, transform themselves in 2011 um, before... Managing to, to push on then. Yeah, they laid the foundation yeah. in tw- 2011 and they, you know, yeah. went from a kind of a shambles of a team the year before that, that were obliterated yeah. to, to a team that were very exactly, competitive yeah. and, and so made the last you, four. You, so you have to go through the the steps if you, if you want to if you want to get to the very top. And is a good league just promotion for Cork? That's pro- you know. Well, promotion is the aim, yeah. That's the aim. Uh, I, I think I think uh, if they don't get promoted, yeah. it would be seen as a failure. Obviously, you want to make sure that you're not flirting with the Talton Cup like last year. I don't think that'll happen. I think they will be pushing for promotion. That puts you into the top four, right? Yeah, yeah, but you know, if you do want to 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 move on, you have to be playing Division One football. You know, as a a, a testing ground this for the championship. The first protocol is to make sure we're in the top four. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, because obviously, you know... If, if That's we, those wins over the likes of Loudoun Cap. Yeah. Because, yeah. like. you know, if we do beat Limerick in, in, the, in the Munster um, qualifying, we're going down to Clowney. To play Kerry. So, you know, it's... So it's we're nearly heading to 30 years since <coughs> they went down there now, so... Yeah, 95, yeah. yeah uh, but the league, league is so important, and like Donegal have, have really turned it around now. I, I know they lost to Derry at the weekend by six points in the McKenna Cup final, but I wouldn't read too much into that. But, like... They were all over the, the, the place last year. Uh, Paddy Cow was, was manager for the first few months and then Aidan O'Rourke uh, came yeah, in. And it was very messy. Yeah. It was very messy, yeah. And, and then uh, obviously Jim McGuinness came in then at, uh, at the end of the summer, ahead um, of the season. So, um, you know, they, they'll be they'll it'll be, be they'll be well up for Sunday and, and the place should be should be full And TJ Carr is streaming it on their, their YouTube channel. So, you know, they'll a couple of cork yeah. diehards on yourself. Yeah. Barry will be up there. I'm but looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you'll be there with the, with the hardcore. That, that, that'll travel up. But, I mean, people will be able to, to, to have a look at it at the weekend. Not much hurling to talk about, Dennis, with no. the old... Um, Limerick and Cork game and the... Saga, we'll the call it. hurling <laughs> league, yeah. It uh, fell by the wayside for the third time. Um, it was meant to be on a mellow... Um, Two, two weeks ago and it was called off because of fog and then obviously it had to be put back after the Clare match um, which was on the 14th and it was meant to be on last Wednesday in Ratkeel but there was a Carnivore game also set for Ratkeel last Wednesday and when that was called off you kind of knew that the, the hurling one would go the way. same way and then on Saturday we got news that it had been moved from a 2 o'clock show on Sunday to a 1 o'clock show on Sunday to a storm. that proved no to be job. academic the Cork team were um just in the bus about to leave when the word came through from the eight o'clock pitch inspection yesterday morning that uh, you know the rainfall had been too heavy and the pitch wouldn't be playable. So you'd fog, ice, and rain. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, the hat trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To take yeah. out that game, but finding so a, finding a place for it now in the old calendar. Well, we're, be we're probably at a stage now where a heat wave could be the next week for postponement because I'm not sure when it's going to be played. Um, because obviously. Uh, you would imagine a midweek uh, setting would be ruled out because Cork have a- 18 players I think involved in Fitzgibbon Cup this week with UCC away to Mary Eye on Wednesday and MTU away to SETU Waterford on Thursday and then at the weekend Limerick are playing Tipperary in a fundraising match for the Dylan Cork Foundation so that, that won't be moved yeah. out of the calendar and then the league is starting the following week so I don't think anyone wants to play midweek no, and you still have Waterford waiting in the finals so it's actually two exactly, games after you yeah. play whether that's Cork or Limerick so, play it and you know, in you, you, we don't even have the time on our GA fallback of doubling up a match because Cork aren't playing Limerick in the league. So you could be looking at the first break week in the league for the Cork and Limerick game and then trying to fill in the final somewhere as well, which probably what will happen is not it? ideal no. I, unless they come up with a creative solution. Um, but we're, we're waiting and seeing. And looking at the way the fixtures have fallen and the way Cork had picked their team and Limerick had picked their team, Cork probably, you know. On pa- in paper should have been winning that game at the weekend and they'd been playing water for next weekend which yeah. would have been a legend to the league grand and, you yeah know. it would have been it would have been fine and, and the league, you, know. you know it would have been a chance for guys to show the management what they can do a lot of them will have a chance in the Fitzgibbon games during the week It's but that's still a, a, just a level a bit below what, what a, a game against Limerick would have been but you know I suppose that's to risk your run with playing pre-season competitions in January. Yeah, you look after with people don't want pre-season competitions yeah. to be honest at all because of the yeah. they're a waste of time and they clog up the calendar. But look, people playing challenge matches anyway, so there's probably you might as well have pre-season competitions. They are well, that's it. for the and GA. Co-op superstars put up money to sponsor yeah. it, so yeah. they deserve a final yeah. to be played and a trophy to be presented. But like the weather has been shocking. Like, but is it time for one dome down here on Munster? You know, like the dome they have above in Connacht. Connacht dome is getting great use. Two people were saying that to me on Twitter last night. I presume that's football only. You'd wonder would a hurling dome need 
higher clearance or would fellas have to keep their shots lower or what? <laughs> it, uh, it might go throwback style <laughs> game, keep it low, a bit of ground yeah. turling. There is, there is a d- shoot from your own half back line. There is a dome behind the new stand in Turles, but I presume that's probably not big enough to repurpose. No, pro- probably not. And considering we, you know, we're trying to come up with how to fund that thirty million for the car. G death that's hanging around Parky Cave. I don't know if there's Couldn't money, we just money put for a, a tent up around the four G. And that would quieten everyone down, yeah. g- g- giving out about it. And just before we finish up, Dennis, you were up at the Hearty Cup semi final at the weekend. There's currently very games on as well. Well, this week, um, but but the the Hearty Cup one just stood out because we could have had a Cork club in the, yeah, the final. Yeah, Charleville were unlucky. Um, it, like people might have looked at the scoreline and seen that Charleville lost by two eighteen to one seventeen against um, Nina CBS. And think you know that they gave it a good show, and you know they were just kind of um, overpowered. But um, like they had the wind in the first half, and they had a great start. Um, Chris Dunn, I think, got one eight in the fir- in, in in the first half. He got a great goal, and Nina took a while to get going. Charleville did have a few wides, but even still, um, they were they were up by um, they were up by six points at half time, um, and. In a fairly good position, but then um, Nina just took control at the start of the second half. There, McCarthy, who was a guy who could be seen with tip in the league, maybe he was just His he was outstanding. Yeah, quality. and uh, not even in the scoring, he was putting over all the frees, but he was working so hard defensively as well. And Charleville just couldn't get the ball up. And then Nina with the head, and you're thinking they'd push on. And Charleville all year have just shown such composure, especially when they fall behind, no panic. And they got they got back level, and the goalkeeper Kieran Murphy came up and put over a couple of frees, and they were in front. And then coming into injury time, Nina had a free to put themselves ahead. It was waved for a point first, and then the linesman said no, it was wide. And there were actually a few supporters inside the wire, and you were fearing the worst. Yeah, <laughs> um, and that point was disallowed. Then Charlie got a point. Murphy came up, um, put it over, so they were ahead. Uh, 117, 116, 62 minutes. And then Nina launched what you think is one last attack. Cornerback hits a shot, which was eerily reminiscent of Donald Donovan's in the 2013. Fell just short um, and the ball just slipped, slipped out of the keeper's grasp. Um, and Nina subbed there, Tracy, bundled it to the net. And then they got another point from the puck out to put them three ahead. And then at the very end, Charleville were trying to kind of conjure something, turn over attack, yeah. another point. So four points in it at the end, not a four-point game, game by any means. Great achievement by, by Charleville. Super no achievement, over, yeah. But they were in nobody, no, no conversation no, to be anywhere in the no Hearty. And, I mean, they didn't yeah. even win the B last year. I think they lost the semi-final, didn't they? In um, the B last year. Yeah. I, um, to Hammies, I think, I think yeah. Might have been the final, maybe. But they... Sorry, I tell you right, the semi-final. But yeah, they knew they, they had took a good the step up, yeah. up and Fair play. They, they got out of their group. They, they lost to Nina by four points as well as it happens in the group stage. Then they knocked out Cashel, the holders, in the preliminary and quarter took final. took Middleton, which was a massive And then option. Middleton CBS, who would have had a 100% record and beat them. Um, and yeah, just uh, you were thinking maybe to be like um, Tulla a couple of years ago. I know, who came I know. Nowhere I to win it, it, but it just wasn't That underdog, league. sorry. Donald yeah. McCahey is involved yeah Don- Donald Mulcahy was Pat's in brother. charge yeah, and actually Pat was on the line with Donald on Saturday because Kevin Butler the joint manager was caught with a fixtures clash he was playing for Drummond Inch in the Munster Junior B hurling championship against St. Oliver Plunkett's from Cork so he just went with playing rather than coaching they had Understandable. they had requested an early throw in and it was rebuffed which was a bit disappointing um, but yeah they can be very proud of their efforts uh, they, they, they gave it a good, good rattle um, look, 
that's it for, for this week unless we've got any more major controversies blow up in the next couple of days that, that we, we didn't see coming uh, thanks very much to Dennis and Barry for joining me thanks to Jim Collin for producing it you can find us every Tuesday on echolive.ie forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts